The real estate market is booming. Whether you look in the suburbs or the city, Chicago continues to expand, creating incredible opportunities for those in the know. We'll connect with Chicago's real estate moguls to bring you the wisdom and expertise to help make your next real estate move a lucrative one on the Real Estate Moguls Podcast. How you guys doing? I'm Tony Arce, and this is the Real Estate Moguls Podcast. Today, I'm joined by Jonathan Clem of Quality Builders. Jonathan, thank you so much for being here. Yeah, thanks for having me, Tony. No, it's uh, it's a pleasure. And uh, we've been talking a little bit about, um, you know, just some of the initiatives that you have, but more importantly, just from the investor side of real estate, how it's one of those things that we don't really uh, learn about or, or, or un, you know, in school and it's not taught to us. So, you know, I'm really excited to jump into it and, and, and be able to offer uh, some expertise and value to our listeners. Yeah, totally. I wish I knew now what I know before. Right. <laughs> yeah, it's one of those things, you know, I wish I knew... What is it? I wish I knew then what I know now, right? Mm-hmm. And and tell us a little bit about what you do, about quality builders and, and what you guys provide as a service. Yeah, so quality builders, we, we just started out uh, just about a year ago. And uh, previously to that, I worked for Walsh Construction, a uh, local monster <laughs> construction conglomerate here in Chicago. And I worked there for about a decade and really traveled around the country and the world I lived in Austin, New Orleans, Dallas, Louisville, Oslo, Norway, and then Toronto. Wow. And in that time, when I was in Louisville, uh, I knew when I moved there, I didn't want to pay rent anymore. <laughs> That's all I knew. And and sure enough, I bought a house there, uh, was able to flip that house, and then uh, moved to Norway overseas. So you uh, flipped it when you moved to Norway? Yeah. And so then when I got back from Norway, we sold it. And then I'd moved back to Chicago and then kind of really doubled down into the Chicago real estate game, bought another two flat with a vacant lot, gut rehab the two flat, and then we just finished Quality Builders that is developing the lot, and we actually have the house up for sale right now. That's so. awesome. Congratulations. It's yeah. pretty exciting. Mm-hmm. When you started out, um, was it just an easy transition from the fact that you know, from a professional standpoint, this is what you had been doing or are, you know, were doing at the time uh, for Walsh that it just made, you know, buying property and, and flipping it and, and you just had that confidence going into it or was it a learning curve uh, as well? Yeah, I think everything kind of built up to that point, really. Um, after flipping that first house in Louisville, um, I've always been kind of more of the uh, jump out of the plane and, and build your parachute on the way down. <laughs> I definitely remember as a kid, uh, my parents telling me how I was just that kid who jumped into the water, right? Didn't even know how to swim and just leaped <laughs> in. And so that's really kind of the mindset I take in everything I do. I kind of go all in and then figure out how to do do everything along the way. But, you know, having that construction background with Walsh is just irreplaceable, right? And after I left Walsh, I joined a tech company called Nest Egg. And I worked there for two years. And so that really gave me uh, insight to technology and how it's working and how it's changing changing the world, right? And so real estate itself is, you know, light years behind other industries as far as technology goes, right? And construction even further behind, right? And so the two things were, you know, really stressing at quality builders is the technology and transparency. 
yeah, obviously. <laughs> and I think you, you learn to appreciate that, too. I'm sure you've seen some things in the industry that make you shake your head. Maybe not at Walsh necessarily, but just being around and hearing stories of, of some bad things, I guess. Yeah, I mean, definitely at Walsh, definitely even on, and even more so on the smaller side, right? And when you're working with um, smaller contractors, right, a lot of these guys have been working and swinging a hammer most of their lives, and they've really been working in their business more than they've been working on their business. And so our focus is really working on the business and managing the projects, managing the schedules, managing the materials, being the project manager, and then being the first ones who take the the role of vetting all the subcontractors, right? And really, it's more of kind of like the marketplace concept, right? You have Uber and Lyft where you have riders and drivers, right? And then Uber is kind of the glue that keeps them together. If there's a problem, people are going to Uber, right? So in our case, we have a little bit extra added people. We have subcontractors and we have investors, right? And then we're kind of matching them together as well. Now, I guess from an investor standpoint, you know, are you looking for a particular type of, of investor or is it, you know, anyone? Is, is, tell me about, the, I guess, uh, the business model. Yeah, well, I mean, we want to be focused on investors particularly just because, you know, there's not a lot of contractors out there just focus on working with specifically investors. And obviously that helps me, right? I'm an investor and I, I can relate to them extremely well, especially getting up and getting started and you know, I mean, just this year, numerous um, different clients have come to us saying, hey, we had it hired a general contractor and he's gone. Like, you <laughs> yeah. know, we've overpaid him and he's on to the next job. We can't get him back. So I can totally relate to that. You know, I, I've made the exact same mistakes, right? Like, I'm definitely someone who uh, learns by failure and thinks, you know, the more the more we fail, the faster we grow, right? Absolutely. And that's just like a total mindset thing. You know, everything everything we do and all the decisions we make are really driven by fear, right? And so once you kind of can conquer your mindset and lean into those fears is when you can really kind of experience some serious growth and expansion. Absolutely. I couldn't agree more. And I think there is a hesitation with real estate because we've had such a little exposure to it and, and learning about it, right? What, where is, I guess, the your client, your, your that that, uh, that investor profile to you? Is it someone who's a new investor that you're looking for? Are you looking for, for seasoned investors? You know, is it one to six doors kind of thing? Like, what, what does that uh, investor profile look to you? Yeah, so we're happy to work with newer investors and more seasoned investors. Uh, typically, we want to stay over about the $100,000 mark, mm -hmm. right? Um, mm -hmm. Just because the price will have to charge someone on a smaller job is going to be relatively the same, right? And for us, it's going to be the same amount of work right, right. to do that smaller job as a larger job. So typically, you know, our client's going to be 30s to 40s, younger, understands technology, right? They're finding us in places where where I'm at constantly. Bigger Pockets is a, is a huge place where I'm at and I'm always looking to network. And that's really kind of the, the platform I've used to learn and grow in my own investing career, right? I've, I've really been focused on finding mentors and learning from other people so I can avoid making all those mistakes um, that they've made, right? And so that's what we're trying to do with helping our clients, right? We want to coach them through the process, not just the general contracting perspective, but finding the deals, funding the deals, doing the construction and doing following up with the disposition, right? I mean, 
there's different strategies to take all along that path. And being investors ourselves at Quality Builders, right, it's just not me, right? Our team is awesome, and they're also investors. So we can all relate closely to getting started. But then, like, the bigger projects for us are the easier ones, right? So we're happy to take on those seasoned investors as well because the bigger ones, you know, are easier. You get higher sophisticated subcontractors. And it just gets easier as you scale. But at the same time, like, we don't want to forget about people starting out because I've been there. It's tough. It's it's not fun, right? And that's, I think, why a lot of people end up quitting real estate as they get started and they, you know, hit that brick wall and they're just like, man, this is not for me. And, and what is that brick wall? I mean, as, uh, I guess one of the things that comes to mind is just of all the failures you, you, you've experienced or, you know, the things, the mistakes, right, more than anything else, what's the one thing that taking away from it all you, you can offer to those clients and say, look, I, I've already been through this headache. Now you don't have to deal with this thing, this brick wall. You're not going to experience it because you're working with me. Like what, what is it that people don't necessarily consider when they jump into um, real estate or investing in real estate and, and have that experience where they hit the brick wall? Yeah. I, I'll talk specifically, you know, Chicago related, right? Dealing with the city and the permits oh, and all that stuff. Right. And so when I bought that two flat, um, and with the extra lot, we went through every zoning and permitting hurdle mm. possible. And we originally wanted to buy a, turn the lot into a two unit. And we found out that later there was, um, the previous developer had done a type one zoning change, meaning whatever plans they had submitted for, you need to provide like kind plans. Well, they had submitted for a single family. So I'd gone down the road of doing plans for a two unit. So wasted all that money then switched to a single family. Then after that, found out because the lot next door um, was actually zoned incorrectly, and since my building and the lot that we were building on were at one time joined, right, it was a family that had owned both of them, you actually have to have both the building and the lot rezoned. Um, so then we had to go through the, zone, the zoning change process. Then after we got done with the zoning change process, we had to go through a zoning variance. So... And I didn't know any of this, right? And so I've been through all of those hurdles and, and understand the pain and how long things take. And so I don't want any of our clients to have to experience that stuff, right? I've, I've done it where I've, you know, overpaid subcontractors, you know, on my own projects and and followed Google reviews and, you know, 55-star reviews, 49 of them were fake. And, <laughs> you know, wow. you know wow. all that type of stuff has to happen, right? And if you're not vetting your contractors and, and really just getting to know them right i feel like that's what you know you can do more than anything it's just like get to know them as a person um because this real estate thing is a get rich slow game right, <laughs> right. And, and so like even for us as quality builders you know we want to vet our clients just as much as they're vetting us just because of that right like we want to find clients who want to do this over and over and over again because we're able to provide the same product over and over and over again it might be a little bit more expensive than subcontractors or other contractors, but you get what you pay for, right? And I've learned that the hard way over and over and over again, still learning it. But but I always tell everyone, right, you get what you pay for. No matter what I tell you in construction, it's going to cost more and take longer than I tell you. It's just the nature of the beast, right? It's the unknown, right? When you start opening up walls, you just don't know what's going to be behind there. Mm. And so no matter what, takes longer and costs more than you expect at the beginning. For sure, for sure. And how much of it is new construction versus 
um, rehabs or you know even a remodel for you? Yeah, we're probably split 50-50 and more so looking at more rehabs and bigger projects now. Mm. We're trying to get into kind of the 6 to 30 unit rehab area. Oh, wow. Um, definitely more so down on the south side in the kind of Brownsville, Washington Park area. I think I was telling you before we got on that I'm really interested in attainable housing and figuring out how we can solve this problem of, you know, just tons and tons of vacant houses, right? Um, you know, on the other, other side of the world, you know, there's people who don't even have homes. And here in Chicago, we have hundreds of thousands of homes that are just vacant, right? Really? And so... One of them, you know, long-term goals is really kind of diving into that and figuring out how we can really, you know, help our own city, our own community to solve this problem because it's just a major problem across the U.S. No, and, and I definitely want to get into that specifically, which is kind of going back to what you were saying about the hurdles that you've already been through that, you know, it just seems like from what I hear, it's like reminds me of dealing or when you were a kid and you're playing games, you know, with that one kid who changes the rules on you midway. And it's like, wait, isn't that, that wasn't the rule, right? It almost seems like when you're dealing with the city that you have to deal with a little bit of that where there's all these uh, variables and unknown. But what I'm hearing through all of it, though, is that you've learned to navigate those relationships more than anything else. Yeah, definitely. Right. Like the one thing I will admit I've done pretty well at is networking and finding a good team, right? Finding people who have done these processes before um, because you need a full team, right? You don't need one person. You need an architect. You need an attorney. You need a contractor. You need an insurance agent. Yeah. Um, and and you have to find people who can navigate the processes here in the city well. Otherwise, it's going to be a continual struggle, and you're going to be calling, calling us for help at some point, right? Yeah, yeah for sure. And when you talk about attainable housing, like going back to that, um, you know, how much of that is the bureaucracy behind it? How much of it is, you know, just the, the politics behind why these these homes or these you know, buildings, lots just remain vacant? Yeah, I mean, I don't know, to be honest. I don't have a good answer. What I do know is that there's a problem and, you know, where there's a problem, um, usually there's there's a way to capitalize on that. Um, both for the community, both as, you know, to build our own business, but really to um, focus on our clients and, and what we can do for them and as well as the neighboring community. Yeah, and, you know, it just, for me, when I think of real estate, it's really hard to say, you know, oh, properties are going up or that, you know, there's wealth in this when, you know, we're seeing so much poverty in real estate, right? Some of these areas that have been so underserved that it, it just seems to me that by addressing this problem and, and creating attainable housing that everyone wins. You know, the, the property values go up. Everything goes up around you because it's safer. It's, you know, it's nicer to look at. Where, where, how do you see that evolving? Like, where, where does quality build, builders come into that to solve some of the problems with attainable housing? Yeah, I think it's really about finding other clients and investors as well who kind of share that same vision, right? Like we can't do it on our own, right? Um, and and we just have to find people who are, are motivated to kind of change our community and change the way we're, we're doing things and find a way to help the tenants that are moving into these affordable housings because, you know, even with um, the Section 8 and the vouchers they're getting, like there has to be a way that we can start you know, educating and training um, these tenants how to 
increase their credit scores and do kind of all these basic financial things that most of us weren't taught in school, right? Um, and, and so if you can figure out how to start educating and training those people to take care of the properties and, and whatnot, then you're going to have a lot less um, vacant houses and, and issues with affordable housing because the houses that aren't going to be going vacant anymore because they'll be better taken care of. A hundred percent, a hundred percent. I mean, I think like anything else, if, if you want to clean up a community, if you want to you know, solve some of these problems, it, it's a community effort to fix the community. It, it does, it, you can't just fall and say, you know, on the, on the backs of those that are in real estate. There is this financial literacy piece. There is this human element that needs to take place uh, for those things to happen. So as you're selling this idea, or man, I guess I don't know if you have yet, but, you know, the investors or, or those that would participate in it, you know, is there a level of kind of selflessness that needs to happen where you're not going to get as much of a return as, as if you were investing in luxury real estate? Yeah, I, I think there is, but I think there's also a lot of resources out there, right, um, from the government. You know, the government wants us to solve these problems, right? And I don't, you know, the government clearly uh, can't do it <laughs> on their own, right? So they're looking to the private sector, you know, companies like ours and other, you know, other great companies around Chicago and the entire country to figure out how to solve this problem, right? And so I don't know if you have to take less returns, but you have to educate yourself more, right? Understand where you can get grants, what areas are in these um, specific areas that you can receive additional funding um, to help um, create this uh, problem we have and, and turn it into a better community. Absolutely. And, and so how does, how does Quality Builders, I guess, navigate that business model of, on one end, being for investors, but on another end, trying to solve for this problem, right? Is it kind of split down the middle? Is it you know a blurred line where it's you know take take me through what's what's in your head or the vision for 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 that business model to exist? Yeah, I think it's more of a long term vision, right? I mean, we still have to kind of get off the runway and 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 start flying on our own before we can dive into a ton of these issues, right? But I think kind of like what I said before, if if we're bringing awareness to it that, you know, it's on our minds, right? That's going to attract other people, right? We're in totally an attraction-based uh, universe. So what you put out, you get back, right? So even coming on here and starting to talk about it, right? I think more and more people will reach out to us and that will hopefully help develop the clear clear vision on how we can work together to solve that problem. And I couldn't agree more. And, you know, I think part of it too, as we talked about before we jumped on the mics, was that, uh, you know, we we don't get taught this stuff, and so a lot of us that invest our money are investing it in places where uh, it's not real estate, right? And, and we're not getting these incredible returns. There's nothing, you know, really to it beyond just a small. It, it, usually, it's in a bank somewhere, or it's in some sort of investment fund. What do you tell those people who have a hesitation towards invest, investing in real estate? You talked about fear before, right? From a fear-based standpoint, how do you? What could you tell those listeners that are hearing, like, I want to invest in real estate, but I just have this hesitation because pulling it out of this means that now it's somewhere that I I don't have any knowledge about. Yeah, I can totally relate, right? Um, Because I think a lot of us, when we're brought up, you know, our parents are telling us a certain thing, right? Go to college, go get your W-2 job and invest in your 401k, retire at 65, right? And so I think we just have to bring awareness and, and provide education to our younger students and 
and and kids in school that there's other options out there as well right real estate's you know one of the most lucrative industries there is i think if you look at like the forbes top 50 like everyone on there is going to somehow be involved in real estate <laughs> yeah, right yeah. it's you know it's you know it's where we live it's where we work it's it's how we it's how we live, right? I, and and everyone's always going to need a home, and it's something that's never going to go away. So it's a timeless investment. Uh, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So what is, I mean, beyond the people that are listening, that you know, obviously you want to work with investors, but you know, who do you want to connect with? What's the what's the vision, and, and and you know, who are you looking to 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 vet and have as part of that uh, that vision going forward? Yeah, I don't know if I'm looking to connect with anyone specifically. Like, uh, you know, my overall goal is always trying to to help first and add value, right? So, you know, anyone who's out there and listening, um, if they're interested in getting into the real estate game or or need help on the contracting side or, or whatever side mm-hmm. it is, um, like I'm I'm always available. That's one thing I try and uh, take pride on is is being available, right? If someone wants to talk to me, I'll take the time to talk to them. Oh, and, and you bring a wealth of of, of knowledge and. You know, expertise not only from from what you're doing now as an entrepreneur and starting this off uh, that I think you've made some mistakes like you said that that can help a lot of people uh, but just at your time at Walsh and you know and traveling around the world and seeing the way real estate operates not just here in Chicago but other places right to bring some of those fresh perspectives so I'm excited to see what uh, quality builders does what you do and uh, the some of the answers you have to the problems we have so I just appreciate you coming in sharing your story and uh, and sharing your expertise yeah, I really appreciate it, Tony. I think what you guys are doing here is awesome. Um, spreading the word uh, around Chicago and, and really trying to develop an awesome presence to help the community. Mm-hmm.